Welcome to Unabashed You. I'm Rochelle, your guide. The current series is Men in May. That's right, we're going to enjoy a conversation with a different man each week this month. As Pat coined it, it's Unabashed You from the men's point of view. Enjoy, and as ever, thanks for listening. If you've been listening to Unabashed You for long, you know we've made reference to the time I worked in children's theater. It was 15 years of joy. I love meeting and mentoring the teaching artists the most. Today's guest is one of those. Andrew was always game for a new challenge. High energy, creative, funny, and talented. He has a lot to say about the women who inspire him, which I thought was a perfect topic for him to choose. Andrew, this one was a no-brainer. I had the good fortune of meeting him when Sean brought him home for dinner during their college years, along with many other roommates hankering for a home-cooked meal. And yes, I said hankering. I soon discovered the ridiculous talent, energy, and compassion that makes Andrew, Andrew. Also, he is one of the funniest people I know. He was hired to be a teaching artist pronto, and he did not disappoint. We enjoyed collaborating, and he created something out of nothing numerous times alongside his students. They are blessed to have him, and I am blessed to know him. Welcome, Andrew. Hi. Wow. Thank you so much. I'm very blessed to know you, too. Oh. I, I talk about it all the time. Oh, oh, it's so sweet. And it, like I, I said, it's so nice to see you via Zoom and just to know that you look well and healthy and it, it just makes me feel all warm inside. That's a good thing. All right. So let's let's jump right into getting to know you. Is Great. there anything that you want listeners to know about you to start off? Um, just that I'm a huge fan of Rochelle, as I imagine you are too, if you've ever heard her speak. So that's only. I'm a big fan. Oh, that, that I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Oh my gosh. Well, that is very complimentary. Thank you so much. I appreciate that very much. Okay, I just wanted to turn my notifications off so we didn't get any little sounds inside of what we're doing. Thank you for that, Andrew. Very sweet. All right, three words to describe yourself. Um, three words to describe myself. Um, very, very curious, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think if there's anything uh, that I think of as an identifier of myself, is I'm just I'm pretty curious about just about anything. So if I, if I haven't heard about something, I'm very interested in learning about it. So, yeah. I love that. And your second word. Ooh, uh, I was trying to, <laughs> trying to cheat with the two varies. No, <laughs> so no, no, curious. that doesn't work. Curious. Okay. Curious. Uh, curious. Um, uh, loyal. I think I, yes. I don't tend to drop people. So uh, yes. if you're in, you're in. Um, and kind is something yes. that that's something that my uh, that my mother, you know, was very that was a big thing in the family. It's just like if anything, if anything, just be kind. 
And so that's kind of what I try to do with my life. And really, and, is there any reason not to be? I mean, you know. I, yeah, I don't think so. I, I think yeah. that it's, you know, it's kind of that great antidote to suffering. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. So curious, loyal, and kind. I think so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, that paints a beautiful picture. And that is just the start of Andrew. There are so many other wonderful words. And if we did it on a different day, you might pull out three different ones. Now, I'm excited for this because I know you have notes. Two truths and a lie. I did. When I was looking at the question, this was a big one. So um, my wife, Lindsay, and I eat probably, she probably eats like 98% vegetarian. And I eat probably 80% vegetarian. So (laughs) you should know that before I tell you these two truths and a lie. Okay, okay. Um, so here they are. Um, one, I ate horse sashimi in Japan. Two, I ate guinea pig in Peru. Oh. Three, I ate scorpion in Mexico. Oh my gosh. I first of all, I love the way you constructed this because you you're you're eating in all three scenarios. You're eating three different, very unusual things, and you're in three. Um, locations that are not nearby. So right there just displays the brilliance of Andrew right there. Okay, so we've got horse sashimi in Japan, guinea pig in Peru, and scorpion in Mexico. One of the two of those are true and one is not. And you know, Andrew, this is one of those things where just the littlest tweak could be, you know, like maybe it wasn't Peru, but it was mm, somewhere. That's the thing about this, this little activity that makes it so real enigma. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with the horse sashimi in Japan. And here's my thinking behind that. I can see you trying a little Guinea pig because it's little and maybe I think you went to Peru at some point. And I could see you eating like, I don't know, roasted scorpion or something in Mexico, or there's some weird way they cook it or whatever. Here's where I am falling with the horse sashimi in Japan. I know, First of all, I know you've been to Japan and I have no doubt you had plenty of sushi and sashimi. I don't know if they're in the same category or not, because I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not well-versed in that, but here's, here's the horse part. The horse part is where I'm, you're, you're from Montana and there are horses are roaming and running free. And I just, I'm stuck on the horse. So that's, that's my answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, you give me a lot of credit right there. Uh, I did eat a horse <laughs> <laughs> in Japan. It was one of those things where I thought all the same thoughts that you're thinking, like they're beautiful, majestic creatures. I grew up around them and I just, I just had to know. And turns out it was it was it was very good and uh, morally bankrupt of me. So okay, I so how, what does it taste like? I mean, in comparison, can you even compare it to it, anything else? Yeah, it's it's kind of like beef, but it was very very soft, and um, yeah, it was surprisingly good. So I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry to all the horse lovers, of which I know there are many. I also love them. And I guess and sashimi, oh. that means it's raw yeah. just by yeah, virtue of definition. Raw. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that one's absolutely true. I love that you tricked me with that. Okay. So guinea pig in Peru. 
No, yeah, I ate that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the scorpion in Mexico, you did I not have know, that. It was a red herring. It was a red scorpion. Oh, it was the closest and the most approachable. So I thought, wow, okay, I'd pick you. that yeah. is very good. You know, I have, I knew you'd be really good at this, and you are, and you were. That is fantastic. I, I love that. I really do. Okay, Andrew, the first memory you can recall, because we, we have, you know, little like flashes of things from when we were maybe four, five, perhaps three, that's yeah. unusual. But what's your first memory? My first, I think, real clear memory that I have in my life was when I was in kindergarten. I had just gotten home from, uh, from kindergarten. <laughs> and I opened the front door and my mom was there. And I just remember her like her looking from the top of the stairs, like looking down at me and like smiling and coming down and picking me up and telling her she telling me she loved me. And then she made me like craft macaroni and cheese. And I just sat there and I <laughs> ate craft macaroni and cheese. And like I was like, oh, my mom loves me. That feels great. And so, yeah, I think that's a pretty formative memory. Oh, I love that. It's so sweet and yeah. and thoughtful on her part, obviously, to be sure she was there to greet you. And then with the good old box yeah. of uh, macaroni and cheese, it's so yeah, easy box. to make. And, and why is it so good? I don't eat it anymore for other reasons, yeah. but but it's, you know, I mean, it, it was cheap. Kids loved it. Yeah, true. That's it's I a mean, winner. I lived on it for a while. It's and, a winner. Yeah, me <laughs> I tried to like, I tried to switch over to like Annie's macaroni and cheese later in life, but you know, the, the shine comes off as you get older. The box, <laughs> the box mac and cheese loses its luster sometime around the late twenties, I think. And it probably wasn't quite the same. I'm just going to guess. Yeah. Not quite. Not quite the same. True. Yeah. Okay. All right. I love that. That's it. And that what a sweet memory because not everybody's first memory is a sweet one all right now Andrew I know you're a movie buff we've talked Mm -hmm. movies many times in the past now this would be one of your favorite movies it doesn't have to be the ultimate but just one of your favorite movies I think I mean this was a hard one but uh, I think it's back to the future um it was the first movie that I watched that got me interested in science fiction. And it was uh, a movie that I just thought was such a fun, it was such a fun presentation of what in my mind was a completely new concept, like traveling through time. I'd never thought of that when I was a kid and they did it in such a fun way. And so, you know, that kind of touched off my love for, you know, just stories that are both whimsical and, uh, well-written and well thought out and have interesting ideas that they wrestle with. So right. really have a special place for Marty. Oh, McFly. I like that. And that, I, I'm surprised, not that I even had anything in mind for you, but that's a, a little bit of a surprise, but I, it's a good surprise. It's yeah, a good surprise. I like, I like so many. And that's the problem with choosing favorites is I just, I like everything. So it's hard to do you really like everything? To, okay, we'll have to yeah, talk another really time do. about the ones we that I didn't like, and then you'll have to tell me mm. if you actually like them or not. That would be I would, lo- I would, would love be, to. The things that, the things that I don't that I don't like that are, are pretty popular is the the bachelor and the bachelorette. I just can't I can't get behind those kind of things. It just seems so mean. Like everyone's getting yeah. their heart broken and it's all like for entertainment. Yeah. People are like, I love you. 
and then they like kiss and then like the next second they're like I love you and then they kiss <laughs> just it bums me out <laughs> yeah it, it seems so contrived and yeah. not not real so I'm, I'm with you on that I think I watched part of the very very first season I went no this is this is like heartbreaking and these women are throwing themselves at this. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I'm with you on that one. I am already with yeah. you on that one. Okay. Now, when you were growing up, who did you have a crush on? Everyone. It's the same <laughs> answer I had before. I can't, uh, how are you going to choose? You know, I think I, I think I have a crush on, you know, just every person. <laughs> but I think my, my first crush that I remember was also in kindergarten. I was freshly full of macaroni and cheese from my, <laughs> from my mother. And uh, I met a girl named Anna Fulton, who I knew all through elementary school and then into high school. And we were, we were good friends throughout that whole time. Um, but uh, she was very tall. And I thought that was very cool. I'm pretty short. And even <laughs> then and now. And I, I thought that she was very beautiful. And so I came home and I told my mother, um, that she had legs like a Tyrannosaurus Rex and that that was like a high compliment because dinosaurs were very cool. So, you know, since then, I've also been very charming with the ladies. Oh, yes. I've seen it firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> I've witnessed. Yeah. Oh, that is great. Tyr- uh, legs like a Tyrannosaurus Rex or a, a T-Rex. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, my gosh. yeah, like a T-Rex. Oh. So oh, like my gentlemen out there. If you want to borrow that one it was, yeah it didn't yeah work. yeah that, maybe yeah. you'll have more luck oh my gosh that is so great okay now we're going to take a little pivot into a couple of serious things before we hit your topic now women struggle with worth this is a known fact yeah you just have to look at it instagram or facebook or read the media or whatever i mean even before there was the internet we knew that women struggled with worth. what do you say to women who are who are feeling like they they aren't being valued yes. or aren't valuing themselves? It, yes, any 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 and all of the above. What what how can you help speak into that for them as um, a male? Sure. I mean, I teach I teach high school, and so you know, I mean, high school is an age where I think people in general are trying to come to terms with parts of their identity, are trying to figure out how they want to operate in the world. And there's a lot of pain in that time. And so I, well, I guess in the general sense, we just like try to express gratitude, like my personal gratitude to all of the the women that have been in my life. Um, And and like you, for example, and my mother and my wife and my sister and like the, the women that I live with, we bought a house with another couple. And, you know, I just, I see all of the strength that it takes to navigate like life in general, and then to have an additional burden on top of that of the way that um, you're portrayed or spoken about, or you know the additional pressures that are put on it. It's just like it's like carrying an extra, um, like an extra baggage around. And so, just gratitude for um, showing up and being so kind and wonderful in other people's lives while bearing that burden. So, thank you what I'd say. It's thank you for all the lives that you impact. You know, I really like that, Andrew, because it's very simple and it's it's immediately applicable. And meaning you could in any exchange with a female, and, and of course this could apply to males also, but 
you know, to take the time to express gratitude for whatever it is, is so, you know, affirming and valuable to the person receiving it because they're like, oh, I'm being seen. Oh, this is, you know, it's just a nice, you know, warm, fuzzy or whatever you want to call it. And, and it, but, and it's so doable. It's so doable. I like that. Thank you for that. Andrew, what is a piece of wisdom you keep handy? You likely have quite a few on hand, but one that you like, you know, this is just one of the ones I go back to time and time again. Yeah. Um, well, I think one that I was, uh, I'll give you, can I give you a little bit of background? Of course. The, yeah. Yes. So, um, so in my relationship with my wife, um, we had a, a persistent argument for the early part of our relationship, um, just sort of about like who does what chore and things like that. And I always felt like though many things were, were very egalitarian, I was disproportionately, uh, <laughs> I was disproportionately doing the dishes and I was just like, man, I always am doing the dishes and that bums me out. I don't like doing the dishes all the time. Maybe we could do it like a 50, 50 split or find a, or like we could, you know, have a schedule. And it just, we, we were, I was feeling uh, frustrated by that particular chore. Um, and then I was reading this, um, this book, Pieces Every Step by Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm. And he literally, we had come out of an argument, this is about, a, I don't know, a couple, like a year ago or so. Um, and he, he said, it's very common for people to uh, dislike the chore of doing the dishes. They think of it as drudgery, but there's nothing, there's nothing uh, negative in the process of doing dishes. Uh, you get to stand there, you get to feel the warm water on your hands, you get to uh, have a moment where you can put things in order, you can be there with your thoughts, you can enjoy the sound of it, the clink of the dishes, the, the feeling of the sponge in your hand, um, and you can bring, uh, and you can do it as an act of love, that was the other part of it, you can do it as an act of love, and by doing it as an act of love, you transform the action into a gift to yourself and to somebody else. So instead of bringing my my sense of personal frustration or like that I had been aggrieved in some way, I can do these, like whatever it is, as an act of love or as an act of service. And it transforms not only the action, but um, the way that I respond to it. So that is incredible. Now, do you do you insist on doing the dishes every night now? I do actually. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, I try to like. If Lindsay's doing the dishes, I'll, I'll be like, I can. Let me. Let me. You know. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That is so beautiful. That really is beautiful. Thank you for taking like a practical scenario and then applying some wisdom to it because we can obviously apply that that principle to so many things. Yeah. I mean, I really think that that's why it's wisdom that I try to carry with me in everything. It's like you can carry it into doing like uh, filling out grading for students. It's just either like a task that you have to do or you can provide feedback and encouragement and like really pay attention to what they did and honor that work that your student just did and like right. let them know that you appreciated it. And you can do that when you're you know cleaning the house. You can do it when you're, you know, you're listening to somebody you might be having a hard day and you might have been having a hard day, but you can do it 
right. as an act of service and an act of love. So. Oh, I like that so much. All right. Now we're going to get into your topic, which when we had our pre-talk and you told me your topic, I instantly loved this idea, which is you wanted to talk about the women that inspire you. So you said you have several that you'd like to talk about. And so I would love to have you just, you know, begin and, and, and tell us what it is, you know, about each woman and that does inspire you. And maybe, you know, I'll have some questions sprinkled throughout. I mean, this will be definitely be a conversation, a monologue, but you are very good at monologues as I have witnessed firsthand. <laughs> so I could just let you loose, but I'm going to go ahead and, and why don't we start with woman number one, whoever, I don't, you know, whoever that is. Sure. Um, as a, just by means of a, a preamble, um, uh, I, I know that your podcast, like the, when we've spoken about it in the past and then as it's gone on, it's like these conversations um, between women, um, candid conversations, going into deep topics. And so I just, I felt like as a, a male person being invited into this space, I just wanted to, you know, first acknowledge um, that I think that's an amazing idea. And I feel very honored that you would invite me into to speak in a space like this. So uh, by means of gratitude to you to start with um, for inviting me to speak. Thank, so thank well, you. Well, I'm, I'm honored to have you because you mean a lot to me. So it's, it's, I knew, I knew that you would bring something really wonderful and remarkable to this space. So thank you for saying yes. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm honored. Um, and then to go to the, the original um, woman in my life, of course, is my mother. Uh, I mean, the, the example that I gave at the beginning of, you know, her making macaroni and cheese and telling me that she loved me. I mean, so much of my life has been defined by um, the principles that my mother lives her life by and the way that I've tried to, uh, to emulate those principles. Um, she is a labor and delivery nurse. And so she, uh, early on in her career, before this was kind of more standard practice across the country, um, when women would have miscarriages, uh, she herself had had a miscarriage late term and really had felt all the grief from mm -hmm. that. And she took that experience and um, just on her own time, not being asked to by anybody in the hospital staff, she would take um, plaster molds of the, the baby's feet mm. and um, give them to the parents along with this palm. And she would go and speak with um, these mothers who had lost their babies like late term, um, sharing her own experience and like sitting with them and listening to them. Mm. Um, because, you know, at that time, it was standard practice that they just would take the, the child away and then that was it. And you just go home from the hospital. You don't get to see the child. You don't get to say goodbye or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously the world has kind of understood that grief is a process and acknowledging someone's grief and caring about it is a huge step in healing. But she just sort of knew that intuitively and uh, was always like a, a hero to me in that mm -hmm. regard. Um, and, you know, continues to, to live that way with all of her relationships 
and in every space that she goes into, mm. you know? Um, yeah, it's really remarkable. There was a, this is a, a story just like kind of her passing that ethic on to me was, <clears throat> sorry, I'm talking about my mom, you know? I love yeah, my mom. <laughs> sure. I get yeah. overclamped. Uh, yeah. And you love people. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was, uh, when I was a kid, I was, I felt one day like I had been being teased or something by some of my friends and I was feeling excluded and I was sad. That they didn't want to play with me or something like that. And, uh, my mom told me like when I was, when I was sad, she said, um, well, all you can be is a, is a true friend. Um, like there are, there are real friends and then are true friends. And then there are fair weather friends. Um, and a fair weather friend is only there for you when it, when it's good for them. And a true friend is somebody who is there for you no matter what mm. in any circumstance. And, mm. uh, yeah. So even then, like when I was, when I was very young, she could have easily been like, those boys are mean. You don't have to talk to those boys. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, she she really impressed on me the importance of being there for people when when the chips are down. Well, and um, one of your words was loyal, and so I can yeah. see that you trace that route right back to your mom. Remind me of your mom's name. I just uh, trying to Paula. Paula Paula or Polly um, Paula or Polly. Okay. Yeah, Polly Gum. That's yeah, my, uh, it's my sweet mother. Yeah. Yeah, and I could I could talk about her. Um, endlessly but uh yeah she was uh she was definitely a hero of mine and uh continues to be is she still in labor and delivery um well she's she's kind of bounced around so she's in japan right now right um with my dad so they both um are civilian contractors working on a military base in japan and so she's uh she's in the er i think right now oh, as a okay. nurse yeah wow. so she's like She's doing a big, yeah, it's a big change. And my dad's doing school psychology right now. And they're, you know, they're living in Japan. Wow. What yeah. an adventure. I know after 25 years in Montana, they moved there. Maybe, maybe more than that. They moved to Japan. Wow. So, I know. They're All so right. cool. They are. They're cool. Look at the pioneers. Okay. So yeah. what about woman number two? Well, um, it would make sense. Uh, well, uh, there, you know, there's that thing that people say, like, um, men marry women that remind them of their mothers. Uh, well, a lot of those same characteristics of my of my mom are Lindsay's characters. I would like to talk about Lindsay. Yes. If that's, if that's yes. Okay. Lindsay, I love Lindsay. Uh, yes. Yeah. And so it's uh, yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, she she's a social worker in the hospital as well and um has just taught me so much you know like my my relationship with Lindsay I think has been well I mean not I think has definitely been the most transformative uh, relationship in my life because I just see what she deals with every day we were talking earlier you're talking about that women can struggle with finding their worth. And it's like, I mean, add that burden on top of the burden of being a social worker, which is a uh, notoriously mm. overworked and underpaid and over-traumatized and under-respected 
profession and just the energy that she brings to it every single day is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. The yeah. I mean, she tells me stories. Here, Andrew goes on to tell a story that it turns out we really didn't have permission to tell in terms of current HIPAA laws. It was a beautiful story about the kind of love that Lindsay shows her patients on a daily basis. So unfortunately, we had to take that out. I'm explaining why there is this little cut. And then we segued into the fact that uh, Andrew is studying to get his credential for teaching, and he's learning so many things, things that Lindsay basically has already figured out on her own. And different models of um, like trauma-informed classrooms and basically just different ways that you approach students using modern neuroscience as a way to like to help them when they're when they've had terrible trauma and mm -hmm. all of these, all of the, the methodologies that they're talking about are things that Lindsay has already spoken to me about and has been able to just intuit on her own. You know, so many of these things, I feel like I have a leg up because I literally have a role model in the home. For, Love that. Yeah. When anything shows up, it's like, she's just got, you know, she's just got that, that spirit of, openness, warmth, non-judgment, and ability to accept people exactly as they are. And these patients respond to it. That's wonderful. In such a beautiful way. Absolutely. She like recognizes the, yeah, humanity in everybody, yeah. regardless of their circumstance. Yeah, that's a great one. Well, you married a keeper, that's for sure. All right. Do we, do we have another woman? Or are we wrapping up? Uh, well, if, uh, if I may... My third woman is you, Rochelle. <laughs> oh, That's my you God. Are you ready? Oh, I might blush. Okay, go. <laughs> um, well, a little bit of our history. I mean, you mentioned some of it at the beginning uh, when you were kind of going over the bio, but like, I'm literally on all sides of my life surrounded by women who are just, who are just full inspirations to me, you know? Mm. And um, I hope I've told you this enough, but I'll, I'll now <laughs> declare it in a, a public space so that it's true uh, for, to the world. But when we were working together, when I was in college, I saw the way that you spoke to all of us um, with just such, uh, you know, just such warmth and you would listen to us and you really felt like you were a partner to us that you would, you would come to us and listen and care. And it was like, we are here to do this service together. We're, we're doing something that is good. And I am invested in you doing the best you can because I want the world to be like a kinder, better place. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you had this ethic that then you imbued into these mm -hmm. other people in your life. And then they would imbue those into the lives of the students that they were working with. And just these concentric circles of, of goodness and kindness and like listening. And so many, I mean, I think about what you're doing now, you know, <laughs> you literally are taking that same skill of listening, speaking honestly with people and like, and turning it into a service that then people can come in and listen to it and, you know, hear people, speaking warmly, kindly, compassionately to one another, humanizing them. 
Um, and I'll go further if I may. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you took me back when I, I moved away to Nashville for a while. And then Lindsay got the job at the hospital. So we moved back to San Diego and I did not have a gig when I came out here. And I was in a place where I was feeling pretty lost. Like I didn't know what to do. I had been working at a video production house and I just, I didn't have many connections other than my old like college job, which you had given me. And you not only took me back, but you tried, you did everything in your power to like, to not just give me opportunities, but to give me wonderful opportunities. Like I, I worked as a, in a residency in a high school where I was able to like start a drama program there. And it was like this really unique thing. And you came along with me and partnered and built curriculum with me that now I'm still <laughs> doing that. It is literally shaped the course of my life over the last seven years. And the way that you came along with me and partnered with me is what I try to bring to my students. You know, that same sense of partnership that we're not, you're not doing this because you're in a class and I'm your teacher and you have to. It's like, I, I try not to approach it at all. It's like, we are collaborating in yeah. exploration and making something and uh, following curiosity and, you know, and giving these students a chance to express themselves and uh, learn things about each other, make relationships, like all the things that you fostered so beautifully have become like key components of my, my teaching practice. Oh, so. I do love hearing that. And I, I really appreciate that you noticed and saw that I, I really viewed it as a collaboration. I mean, whenever any of you like would say that's my boss, I'd be like, Ooh, 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 don't use that word. I just, I mm. cringe at that word, even though sort of technically it was true. It never felt true. It's like, no, 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 no. We're collaborators and I'm making sure all these collaborations are going to work. And what do you need? And what do you need? And how else can I help you? And what did you learn? And how can I make it better? And I mean, it was all about working together. I never saw any kind of a hierarchy whatsoever. If anything, I saw myself below you guys because I was there to serve you. That was I mean, that was my pleasure, my delight, my technical, I mean, quote unquote job, but I, I got to do that. It's like I'm here for yeah. you. Yeah. And I've I've used those exact words with my students. It's like <laughs> I am here, like I mean that. And I got that from you, like that idea of these are the people that are in my care and I'm here for them. Like my job is in service to these students. And, oh, speaking of kernels of wisdom, there's this, uh, there's this proverb. Uh, I don't know where it's from, but it's, uh, it's very cool. Um, and it was, uh, I, I slept and I dreamt that life was joy. I woke and I saw that life was toil. Oh, I'm sorry. Shoot. I messed it up. Let me try it again. Start over. Start I, over. <laughs> I slept and I dreamt that life was joy. I woke and I saw that life was service. I served and I saw that service was joy. Oh, yeah. yes. So, 
I think that's so true. Yeah, I do. I think, you know, by looking out at the other and finding how you can help or connect or whatever, there is so much in that. Uh, Like it gives you more than, oh, I I can't even express it adequately. I, I, I feel like it, it's so deeply satisfying to help someone else. Yes. More than even anything you could do for yourself. It's, yes. it's so exciting and gratifying and fulfilling and challenging and creative and a million other words I could come up with. But, you know, I, I absolutely loved what I did. I absolutely loved what I did. No doubt about it. And, you know, sometimes I miss it, but I feel like I'm taking that same thing, like you said, and, and doing it in this kind of arena. And so it's my third act. And so I'm, I'm in totally enjoying it and I get to do this and there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, you are, as I said, one of my favorite people truly. And I, I I can't even believe you chose me to be one of your women that, that inspires you. And I'm, I'm, I'm humbled and very grateful and delighted beyond truly any words I could say um, what you mean to me and our time together. And I, I feel that we will be connected forever, even if little bits of time go by because, because, yeah. I mean, <laughs> because <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I feel the same. Like no matter if I haven't seen you or spoken to you for any period of time, like, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Like I just have nothing but like hope that your life is beautiful and connected and full of joy. And I just, I want, I, I hope the best for you in every circumstance in your life, you know? So. Thank you. And I feel the same way about you. I really do. I really do. I'm so pleased that you're pursuing teaching. You're a natural and, um, I should also let the listeners know if I haven't already that you're a performer, a very uh, talented performer. And I have no doubt that, you know, you will, there will be opportunities forthcoming for you to be able to exercise those muscles again. So thank you. Thank (laughs) you for being a guest on Unabashed You. I so appreciate it. And I appreciate you taking this time and, sharing with us uh you're really speaking life into women and and that's no small thing and it's very appreciated i'm very grateful i'm very grateful to you too okay (laughs) okay grateful to you (laughs) thank you thank you something if we would each take the time to share how others have inspired us like Andrew did do we do that enough speaking life into each other is essential for our well-being you likely have no idea the impact you have had on others especially if you live by looking for ways to be kind that's something I love about this space we get to have conversations that will change the world one chat at a time. 
The Unabashed You website has photos, quotes, and a blog for each episode. Each episode's audio is embedded on its own page at unabashedyou.com. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Verbal, V-U-R-B-L. You are invited to subscribe, rate, and review. Our social media accounts are Instagram at unabashedyou. Facebook account is Rochelle Renee, R-E-C-H-E-L-L-E, R-E-N-A-E, with the page unabashedyou. Twitter at Rochelle Renee. We rely on website visits, social media, and word of mouth to share these episodes. We are grateful for growth. Knowing these conversations help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. So continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now our blessing, hold on to what is good, if only with your heart. Reach out with kindness, if only with your words. Count your blessings, if only with one hand. Amen. That was written by Margaret B. Moss. Go on out and be kind. Be unabashed. Be 